Southern Rock Podcast, a southern storm of bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome back to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. With me always is Jason. What's going on, man? Hey, man. I am doing actually pretty darn well. I am excited. Um... This podcast is coming out after the after the fact, but I will be going to Nashville this weekend to see Trigger Hippie, Jax, and Leilani with friends. Can't wait. We will do a show debrief. Well, actually, we're going to do a double show debrief, Brian, another week. You with Whiskey Myers, right? And me with the Nashville extravaganza. But I'm I'm excited. I'm just I'm pumped up about going. Yeah, I'm excited to see Whiskey Myers. You know, on uh, Thursday night, in Minneapolis, and I caught a part of their show uh when i went to sioux falls to see them dirty roses and then they you know whiskey myers was playing the next night in moorhead and then by the time i got back and got over there their set had already started so i've kind of already seen them a little bit but i'm looking so forward to uh seeing the whole show and uh they're like a top five band for you right now right like oh for sure yeah absolutely i mean and part of that is because uh, a couple of days ago, I, you know, I, I went on, you know, they got a fan Facebook group and I went on and just curious to know, you know, how many other people in this group are like from North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, and I'm still getting replies, you know, and it's, you know, I'm like so grateful and so pleased about that, that I've, you know, I often get down on this area for the music or lack thereof, as I see it. Um, in this genre besides Jennifer Lynn of course and to see all these these fans up here Whiskey Myers and uh, they sold out this uh, place called the Sanctuary up here in 2019 and it's just like gives me hope and that you know there's some shining lights here and there's some some people that that get it about them and so yeah I mean Blackberry Smoke you know uh, Mojo Thunder and them is pretty much my top three right now. Yeah, and I started listening a little bit to Whiskey Myers. Um, I, you know, I've not listened a ton to him, but I know that our art that the guest tonight, who's part of a band, is getting ready to go out on tour with Whiskey Myers, which I'm going to go see him when they come to Columbus. So I want to a little bit know a little bit more about Whiskey Meyer. What is like? What album do you recommend for me to really start with? Well, I kind of do things a little bit differently. I think with almost everybody, I'll get what what's you know came out the latest and then worked backwards. I did that with Blackberry Smoke too. Okay. But I mean, I, the first record I got was Mud. And I, that's, to me, that's like, as the Whippoorwill is to Blackberry Smoke, um, Mud is to Whiskey Myers. Uh, the, the last record self-titled, you know, they got a new record out coming out pretty soon. I believe it's pronounced Tornillo. Mm-hmm. T-O-R-N-I-L-L-O. It's the town in Texas in the studio. 
uh, where they recorded that record. Um, also, I have um, uh, Early Morning Shakes, which came out before Mud. And now I'm just starting to listen to Firewater, which came out before Early Morning Shakes. And I'm really liking that. Um, I'd probably suggest start with Mud and go from there. Okay. I'll do that because I, I want to know the catalog, if you got either song recommendations too, but I will start with that album uh, so I can get ready for the show on May 19th in Columbus, Ohio with the band or the guy from the band that we're talking to tonight, Ryan. Yeah, and, who- and uh, this was a, kind of a surprise thing because we had a... Um, all we the stars a, aligned. Yeah, we had a guest that, that couldn't make it um, for tonight. So in a quick hurry, we, you know, you reached out to these guys that reached out to you. And we're talking about Goodbye June. And we had Tyler Baker come, in, come on the podcast and talk to us. And uh, very glad that we did. Yeah, man. I, I just found out about these guys. I am blown away uh, by their new album. It, it has the Bon Scott era... ACDC along with Southern rock, like Jackal, like with the riffs, the vocals. Um, it is a phenomenal, just rock record. Like it doesn't go into a genre. It is a rock record. <laughs> I was going to mention that too. It's like, a, you know, and I see the, I can kind of hear like the, the Bon Scott type comparisons. But oh, for sure. To me, to me, like I thought. Like oh, a man. polished Bon Scott. Yeah, right? and I like, thought, well, yeah. he also sounds like Jesse Dupree, so I'm glad he mentioned Jackal. He definitely has a little bit of Jesse Dupree sound about him. And See Where the Night Goes, it came out a couple weeks ago. If you are a rock and roll, hard rock, classic rock fan, uh, I can't recommend it enough. I've been listening to it since through the weekend. I've done housework to it, Brian. I've worked out to the album. I'm just blown away by it. And I'm so thankful that Tyler was able to make time and be happy to jump on with us when, uh, um, when we could, and, you know, and I, I tweeted out some accolades about that album this weekend. And actually he hit me up through Twitter and said, Hey, I'd love to come on sometime. And it just flip and work because we are booked out for months. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, all I can say is you guys are kick back, relax, and listen to our uh, conversation with Tyler Baker from Goodbye June. guest segment of the podcast and I always throw it over to Jason to tell you guys the listeners we have with us today yeah Brian thank you you know it's always my pleasure to introduce the guest and we lucked into this guest tonight from a hot 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 band just has a brand new album out right now if you love 70s 80s arena rock these young dudes will punch you in the face with their <laughs> sounds we've got guitarist Tyler Baker from the band goodbye June how you doing Tyler hey what's up guys how you doing Good. We're good. Glad to have you on. Thanks for coming on. Really glad to have you on, man. Like this is just that new album is fucking stellar. 
Well, thanks, man. We worked hard on it. And I mean, it's so far so good. So it gets me, it gets me in the door to talk with studs like yourselves. So, <laughs> All right. You know what? My yeah. wife might disagree with you, but I'll take Whoa. a compliment. <laughs> oh man. I don't know the sexual energy pouring over this camera. Is, oh man, it's a lot. It's wow. if only everybody right in Whoa. podcast land can see us right now. Brian and I are just. It, we it are must. Stunned. It must be the picture of Chris Robinson on here that you're looking at. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> so you guys have been around a while. You got a few other records out. Let's you know, like, uh, how did this new record uh, from the germ of an idea till it got in the studio? How did this all come about? So. Um, to, to, to know that you kind of need to know a little backstory is like, so we released a uh, community in our second record. Um, we released that, uh, I think 2019 ish. Um, and we were gearing up and everything was getting real hot with that record. And we had just booked a couple major tours and we had big plans to headline. And we just got like, we got like 10 major festivals in the, uh, in Europe. And like, so it was like, we were, the RPMs were really high, uh, for that record. And then, you know, COVID kind of hit and killed everything. And, um, so we spiraled down. I, you know, I, I know I was pretty down about everything and, and my two cousins, Landon and Brandon, um, it's a family band, right? So it's yeah. Family family band, trio. Me yep. and my, me and my two cousins and, um, we play as a five piece though. So we, hi- we hire our, uh, long time really great friends um kevin smith and jacob thomas jr on bass he's also jacob thomas jr is also an incredible artist here in nashville too so we were lucky to grab him and he he opens for us quite a bit uh with his own music so but anyway uh so you know we were all kind of spiraling spiraling down and um you know the pandemic hit and you know, that was back in the era where I think the world was really scared and there wasn't a lot of information about things and that, um, you know, we just didn't know what to do. And and everybody was saying, okay, you got to stay in your bubble and you got to, you know, the less people you talk to and less all this stuff. So me, Landon and Brandon decided, Hey, you, we're in the bubble together. Right. So (laughs) we're like, what are we going to do? We're going to, we're going to go play music in my garage all the time. Like, we're just going to, we didn't know we were going to write a new record, but um, we just started playing and we set up a rehearsal space in my garage and, you know, kind of watched the world burn around us, so to speak. And, um, you know, from that, see where the night goes came from. So we started as a three piece because Landon and Brandon are multi-instrumentalists. They can Mm -hmm. play tons of stuff and play anything. Did Landon play uh, bass on on this album for you? uh, uh, Landon played bass on one song. Okay. Brandon played bass, and then our producer Paul Moak plays uh, played bass on a couple things. So we, yeah, we don't we don't really have a studied bass player, but between like Brandon and Landon and our producer Paul, all three of them are incredible bass players. So it's like Brandon played bass exclusively on Community In, okay. so he did play bass all through that, but. Um, yeah anyway so we um we were uh, you know going through it uh the stages of the pandemic like anybody else you know right so we didn't know what to do so we um just started making music man and we we were writing everything as a three-piece and we discovered this energy and this vibe as a three-piece 
that I think a lot of people would describe as like straight ahead rock and roll, Mm -hmm. which I think some people might equate to like, you know, like you said, seventies and eighties arena rock, right. A lot of four to the floor, a lot of like, um, you know, big guitar chords, lots of open space for the singer to, to, you know, have some fun. So we discovered this sound. Uh, it was new to us. It's a little, little scary, a little, yeah. little scary, you know, but I mean, we, we knew, we, the only thing we knew is when we realized we were writing a record, we, we kind of stopped and said, Hey, we got to, uh, we want to write the kind of record that you put on at a party or a barbecue and you listen to it the whole way through. And, um, and it has energy throughout the yep. whole thing. There's not even like, we didn't even want one song to really slow down the pace, even though we ended up having a ballad right. on there, but you know, the ballad kind of grows in a way that's very you know, I mean, nice melodic build in that song. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so that was, that was what we discovered and um, you know, and then we just released it in February. So uh, we held on to it for a while. We kept pushing back the release date just because we really wanted to give this album a real chance to be heard and hopefully toured. And um, so, yeah, man, we're, we're, we're excited. You are about- getting a lot of notoriety actually for this album. There were so many people tweeting about it, Instagram, like lists and rightfully so. Cause it is a kick ass, kick ass album. And when I say, Hey, it's, it's harkening back to seventies, eighties arena rock. That's a compliment. Cause we've had so we haven't had that style of really rock be prevalent in a while where it is, like you said, the straight ahead power, just, just getting yeah. after it. Right. And it's so refreshing to hear that. And when I ran across your album, listening to it, like no shit, like it just, it was a breath of fresh air and blew my mind. I listened to it again today when I was working out and like, just fired me up through it, man. <laughs> Good, man. Well, I hope you, I hope everyone feels the energy and uh, i mean to me i mean people digest music you know everybody digests music differently right and i think it's kind of a it's a human trend to like when you listen to something for the first time and maybe a band you've not heard of you try to put them in you know into a box or you try to compare them to another band you're more familiar with right and um what i would what I would hope, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm super happy with all the ACDC comparisons, but like, I mean, I think I, I hope, I hope our fans and the fans that we, we create, like kind of go back and look at our back catalog and see us as more of your Southern of rock a, band of a, yeah, more of a complete, yeah. yeah, more of a complete band. Like, and, and I'm not saying ACDC is not a complete band. They, they wrote, you know, they created a whole, thing i would be honored to do something like that i think the compliment is you guys aren't trying to be acdc but this album has a lot of similarities particularly the title track see where the night goes like yeah you know the vocals are very close to a bond scott but it's just no frills rock and roll which acdc's with blues with blues you know parking back to blue stuff and like that's where the acdc kind of comes from you're not a cover band you're not a tribute band but it's that kind of style where it just it just punches you in the face man and it's great and i know brian had a question i talked to him sorry brian no you guys are nashville now are you you guys from there originally as well um well landon and brandon moved a lot around a lot growing up they were uh 
preacher's kids. And, Mm -hmm. um, so they were a little more transient, but I mean, Brandon was, or Landon was born, the lead singer was born in Atlanta, Georgia. And, uh, Brandon was born in Southern Indiana, like me, but, um, Landon and Brandon moved around, but they kind of settled in West Tennessee. They spent a lot of their, you know, like, like a solid six years there. So they kind of call that home. Uh, I was in Southern Indiana the whole time, about three hours North of Nashville. So uh, what, uh, what part of Indiana? Um, uh, you ever heard of like Jasper, Indiana or yeah. Dubois, Indiana? Yeah. I know Jasper. I'm in, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. I grew up in Southwestern Ohio and in, in Cincinnati area, Northern Cincinnati. Oh, great, so. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, man. So, so Nashville was a, a natural meeting spot. It was the closest city to all of us that, you know, had a musical infrastructure mm-hmm. and, you know, all that stuff. I'm mentioning that the other guy's <clears throat> dad was a preacher and living in Atlanta for a while. Um, do you see that kind of, is there gospel that, that you see influence uh, into you guys' sound? And I just think like where you're at now and everything is Nashville has such a eclectic diverse kind of thing that where I can, you know, see, absolutely see where you're coming from. Like you appreciate the ACDC yeah. comp- compliments, but there's more than that. So do you think that plays into it at all? Absolutely. I mean, we can't get away from it. Like we, you know, <laughs> that's a root of Southern rock music and blues too, is the gospel. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, you can hear it in like how Landon sings and he's got more soul and more like little micro runs in his voice. What I call micro, you know, little runs between his notes. And I mean, that's like a big gospel kind of thing. And, um, no, like, yeah, we can't escape it, man. I grew up playing old country hymns and Landon and Brandon, they were in the choir. I mean, Landon's dad, I mean, used to be the choir director of West Tennessee mass choir, this massive choir. Wow. Uh, incredible uh, musical man. And, uh, and, uh, you know, he, I, I know he pushed Landon at an early age to, you know, learn all the different harmonies, you know, alto, um, you know, all the, all the tenor, all the parts, and then, uh, really pushed him into kind of a lead singer. And then when Landon discovered this, Landon had this soul in his voice, but at an early age, he also started discovering what I call the gravel in his voice. And the gravel is what we, we were like, well, okay, this is compelling. This is like, <laughs> you know, it's this powerful. is, this is something very unique. And uh, so um, yeah, I think the gospel is, runs throughout all our music and you can kind of even hear it in some of the choices we make in our music is is like uh we grew up playing like choir music and uh what what we always called growing up black gospel which i I don't know i think that's a a real genre we just always called it black gospel and there's there's a lot of black folk white folk all kinds of folk in our in our gospel group and like Mm -hmm. we always called it black gospel because it had this like blues infused soul motown infused mm-hmm. swing to it uh when we played it in church so we were you and you can kind of hear some of those choices that we make in our music even the straight ahead rock and roll stuff like there's there's kind of some some choices that we make that i think directly are influenced by our past yeah i mean you guys really do and like you know go to your last couple albums community in where you definitely have a, a more of that southern rock soul blues influence to see where the night goes which is definitely a harder edge to it but you can absolutely tyler tell all these elements really go into what you're doing and that's what makes 
a lot of this modern and we call it southern rock but it's really rock music from the south right that we talk about on right. this podcast you guys blackberry smoke georgia thunderbolts who i'm you know wearing a short yeah. uh, actually brian and i are both wearing <laughs> uh, <laughs> there yeah. we go we didn't plan that but you know this is tyler brian all those type of bands are yeah, really yeah. take all those things that have been the cornerstone or foundation of rock music and you you blend them kind of all together in this this the scene yeah. that's going on and it's a I don't know if it's a new scene. I think rock's always been around. People say rock's dead. Is uh, they've been wrong. It's just rock hasn't had the spotlight. We are starting to see the spotlight turn back onto rock music. You guys, Dirty Honey, like all the other bands I've mentioned, are really starting to make some headway out there. Right. And it's freaking great to see because it is just straight ahead rock and roll. Yeah, I think all those bands you mentioned. I mean, I know Tyler Bryant. He's a just an incredible human being and. Uh, great guitar player i mean obviously yeah. great guitar player he's We've had him on the show good dude yeah no he's a great guy and um his wife larkin poe yeah mm-hmm. just saw them a in the force fall. to be yeah. reckoned with the way uh, the, the way those the sisters harmonize together it's yeah. unbelievable only family can do that yeah right and there's so um yeah and, and you guys mentioned lots of great people i you know i mean I'm a kind of the wrong guy to talk to when, when we get the Southern rock uh, thing, because I, but I mean, I don't know, man, I grew up like on ZZ top and Creedence Clearwater revival and right. blues and stuff. So like, I mean, maybe I, what's funny is as an adult, I listen, like when we rehearse, we'll rehearse sometimes acoustically. And I'm like, good Lord. Sometimes we sound like a bluegrass band and it's like, mm-hmm. Like I would have never like it's funny. Like I, I always thought we were just rock and roll. I would have never in a hundred years been like, oh, goodbye June's a southern rock band. Like if I had my own moniker to put on it, I would just thought we were rock and roll. But what's funny, we started releasing albums and gaining, you know, you know, visibility in the United States and visibility overseas and a you know, a little bit globally. And everyone just nonstop, Southern Rock, Southern Rock, Southern Rock. And I'm like, man. Like I never, I never, I got to put people in a genre, right? You can't just say you're a rock band. Like you can't allow that to happen. And, you know, Brian and I use the term Southern rock Lucy because it really just is rock music and rock music from the South. And it's kind of infused, but you know, our podcast we've had on like junkyard and Candlebox and the dead deads who are a great band from Nashville, but Southern rock, you know, we like rock bands. Yeah. One of the things, one of the goals of the podcast is like to hopefully have a few people like, you know, uh, recognize that the, all the, the different, uh, the amalgamation that Southern rock is like what made it, they say the blues had a baby and called it rock and roll. And I think that kind of crossbred back with rock and roll and blues. <clears throat> and even more importantly that than that. And I know even, you know, you're from, you know, we said Southern Indiana and probably close enough, but everybody that we talked to in the South were, were, we always have to ask them. It seems like it's something that's ingrained to into people's DNA down there. The, right. it, that tradition of song is even more accelerated in that area of the country. You know, you, you talk about their dad being the preacher and all that, and the choir and all that stuff. I mean, uh, it seems to come almost more naturally from a genetic place. Is, does that, am I correct on that take at all? Well, I think, I think, yeah, I mean, all I would say to that is that, you know, obviously, you know, you got the Bible belt, right? So mm-hmm. folks are natural. There's a higher percentage of people that are naturally attending church more often. And then there's a lot of denominations of church down here that have music like as part of the, you know, sermon, right? Well, I mean, 
with me, I was always kind of bored in church. So it's like, well, okay, what's the best way to like pass the time here? And it's like, I want to be in the band. So like, and I thought it was cool and I wanted to learn, you know, I wanted to learn more about music. And so I, I think that scenario happens a lot more in the Southern states, whereas young children are getting into bands, young children are hearing music, they're learning how to harmonize, they're learning, um, you know, the different singing parts. And I think at an earlier age, you get access to entertaining, not entertaining, but being in front of people and trying to, you know, move a crowd and entertain a crowd and, and, and do, you kind of learn some of these fundamentals, you know, it's almost like grade school. Right. So um, I think, I think may, maybe, maybe that's part of what you're saying, you know, maybe that's kind of the, what's happening is that you, you get more exposure to music through, through, you know, church. Maybe. Oh, right. On. I don't disagree with that. Again, you know, church has taken all these elements, the gospel, soul, rock, right. and kind of melding it together to, to do your hymnals and everything that going to modern church does these days. And for you, you know, as a guitar player, I'm going to assume you were playing guitar in the church band and talking about being the band where you just singing. Yeah. I was strumming. Guitar. No, I was just strumming ac yeah. acoustic or whatever. You learn your chords. You may learn yeah. a couple uh, scale. You know, you learn how to play some different styles of music, which is your foundation. And you go to a band like this and you're able to have three albums with a little bit of three, you know, three different sounds to it because you have that background. Yeah. 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 I always, I always say our first record was a little discovery and a little grunge. And then our second was a little, um, Beatles and a little more there's something a little more not maybe not Beatles isn't the right word but there's something like it like a 90s acoustic vibe that's happening on our second record that happens more um, terrible comparison but maybe like in it's the, the world, MTV like, Unplugged album <laughs> kind of yeah and you know and I mean there's a lot of electric stuff on it yeah. but there was there was just something that was happening in that on that record that was kind of unique and i think this 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 latest record we just put out see where the night goes is is more um just i mean i guess hard i guess hard rock i, I guess I, I would call it hard rock i don't know you're getting i mean a lot of the stuff i've been seeing media and things have been real in the in the hard rock realm but yeah i mean what, what are you seeing i mean again social media there's a lot of praising this album i've read a couple articles well, I, I mean, as far as records we've ever put out, I will say that this one far, far surpasses the amount of like, you know, social media activity mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we'll see, you know, how the songs do to radio. We're like, we're top 40 in the United States right now with a song, which um, I don't think we've ever accomplished before. I don't think we've ever cracked top 40. Um but, you know, I mean, dude, I mean, we had a number one record in UK. I mean, like on the first week it was released. Yeah. So that was like, that was unbelievable. We were like trying to like, we thought we would get like top 20, maybe. And if we would have got 20, we would have been high five until our arms fell off. Like, I mean, um, but we ended up getting number one. So and congrats know, on that. That's awesome. Oh, thanks, dude. It was, it was, a, it was really surreal to, to do that. And we're still charting. Like, it's not like 
we got it and then fell off the chart, you know, like we're still, I think we're topped or like around 20 right now. And uh, so there's still an RPM. There's still like, like movement to this record. That's a momentum with it. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, as far as uh, this is by far the most, it, it feels like the most activity around a record release that we've ever had. So um, I know we played one show with the record out and mm-hmm. uh, it's, seem to have like an ultra high energy is that your release uh, release party show yeah 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 yeah. You know, granted it was a party though it was like it was a party so a little different <laughs> than a standard show but we were we were having a good time um but yeah no man it seems like there's a great energy around what's happening and um you know, I get to do rad podcasts like this with y'all. Yeah. So I'm happy. Good. Stop with the compliments. You're already on here, dude. Yeah, already here. Uh, Listen, man, we've had Steve Gorman and Charlie Starr on the podcast. So this is big time, man. Forget the number one album. I love, dude. I love, I love Charlie. He is an awesome, super nice guy. Just he's a kind soul, man. A wise talented man. as hell. Yeah, for sure. I wore my junkyard shirt on the podcast with him. That's the first thing he's like, is that a junkyard shirt? And like we were off of the races, it was like, here we go. <laughs> yeah. You know? Hey, you guys did something really, really cool that I want to call out. Um, you did like a mini doc uh, um, before this new album came out, really covered a lot of how the band was forming, your background, going in this album. That is, it's awesome. It's really well done mm-hmm. and shot, super professional. Can you tell us a little bit about how that, how that came to pass? Yeah, man. Like we, um, so we were we were trying to figure out what you know we knew this record deserved some special you know promotional pieces and we knew that you know trying to present the record and you know, how did we want to show this visually to the world and like um so we started out the gate with a western for a step aside which was always a dream to cut a western for me even though like you know, we, we tackled a lot in that, in that music video, but it was incredible. It was a three-day shoot and we had so much fun. And I've always dreamed about being in a Western or like, you know, doing that. So it was kind of a dream come true. And then on the heels of that, we, we had an opportunity with a filmmaker from Illinois who expressed some interest in spending some time with us um, to, he was like, what do you guys, you know, what, what can we do? We talked to our label. We, we try to figure out what we want to do. I'm like, well, let's do like a, like a 15 minute documentary style video. And I was like, I don't know what we're trying to accomplish here. I mean, obviously we want to, we want to promote the new record, obviously, but like, you know, you got 15 minutes. So it's like, how, where, where can we go? How do we dive? How do we, how do we explore and let people in to our lives? And the documentary didn't go as deep as I'm hoping like maybe a future documentary will. Cause I think we all have really unique stories to tell mm-hmm. when it comes to our upbringing particularly. But, um, but I think it did a good, it did a good job as like an introduction to goodbye June. And like for people who want to, to, to know more about why our music sounds the way it does. I think if you watch the documentary, you can put some pieces together. You can start, you can start seeing everything. Um, and hearing well, you grabbed everything. your acoustic. We're playing a little like bluegrass style finger picking little. Yeah. Did, yeah. On there. 
Yeah, that was well. That was the riff. To, that was step aside, which yeah. is the first song on the record. Yep. Which that's what I was. That's what I was saying. Is like sometimes when we practice acoustic, we sound like a bluegrass band, and um, but then when you put you know a Marshall amp and a Firebird, right. you know, on the, <laughs> it's like all of a sudden it's like ACDC or it's like you know it goes into a different world, and right. uh, which I think is really cool, and and so that's why I'm embracing the Southern rock moniker more. Uh, now just because it's like 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 when i play stuff acoustic i'm like yeah this is pretty country this is like yeah but that's part of southern rock country is a big piece of like Mm -hmm. look at blackberry smoke again they're they do straight ahead rock they do southern skinner stuff and they do country music yeah and some metal yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right (laughs) they can do whatever i mean they can do i've I've seen them play fairies wear boots it's amazing yeah charlie and and paul dibbs both, both those guys are just absolute um stunners of guitar players so um anyway uh yeah man so uh the the documentary was really cool experience and uh you know it's hard to tell the whole story in 15 minutes but i think we did a pretty good job of giving everybody um you know a great taste of of what's going on and where we come from and what we're trying to do and uh it's been very well received you know so uh yeah super proud of it it's a great marketing tool and you know kind of like what brian and i are doing these days we have our artists come on and we don't really script anything it's we let you guys and your personalities show and that sells like we're not going to break down songs you guys can do that in other media but it's your personality and i think that engages people a lot more because we're not seeing stuff on the radio and like you know podcasts and other social media are ways for you guys to really get known I think when people like you and hear these stories and things, that makes you more apt to listen to music and go out to do that. I think your documentary is really a great vehicle to do that because it shows all three of your personalities. Hey, it shows you in the studio. It shows you in the practice space. Um, and it's it's a really freaking cool way to promote yourselves in the album. And I wish more people would do it because I watched it literally right before I just got on here with you guys. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. I mean, part, part of my claim to fame on this, Tyler, is is Brian is the guy who knows things and stuff, and I just make shit up as I go along, so I didn't want yeah. to ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> so nowadays, you know, most of the bands have like a fan Facebook page, or, or the thing that's really emphasized is the relationship between artists and audience being more family like. What does what's that like for you guys? Um with people that have been following from the beginning and people picking up on you. Yeah, man. I mean, I think it's fun for a lot of, we have a really core group of fans that, um, you know, say, I don't know, probably somewhere in the number of 500 to 1500 people that like have really been devout, like with, with us. And they've always been there with us and like, for instance, we had our we had our release party in Nashville, and we did a a, a a VIP experience, right, where we did an acoustic set, private acoustic set for thirty people, and we asked where uh, where everybody was, if anybody was from Nashville, and like nobody raised their hand. I said, "Is everybody outside of Nashville here?" And everyone in the whole uh, you know audience raised their hands, and then we realized because it's kind of dark in the room, it's like these are people that we've seen throughout our whole, you know, for almost 10 years now. And it's, it's this great community of people that, um, 
love our music and love our message and love like what we do. And it's really inspiring and it's really kept us pushing forward, um, you know, to push ourselves. So, and that, that, that group keeps growing. So it's, it's really cool. I mean, we have great, we have a, a fan fan club. It's run by great people and it's just to see that grow and expand and, it's really inspiring to us. I never thought, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I never, I, I'm just lucky to be where I'm at. So I'm lucky to have, have such fans and have people that care about the, the art that I create. Well, and you're getting ready to go out on the road too, with a really good show bill with whiskey Myers. And I know I jumped the gun Tyler, when we were chatting here over the weekend, I, Brian's going to see Whiskey Myers on Thursday or Friday? Thursday night in Minneapolis. And I thought you guys were opening for him, and we found that that's not the case. The next but, leg, yeah. That's next, yeah, next but leg. You're, I live in Columbus, Ohio, or just outside of it, so I'm going to see you on May 19th with Whiskey Myers in Columbus oh, cool. at Kimba Live, and I cannot wait. That is a good venue. You guys will love playing there. That's and I'm great, stoked. And, and that's, a, that's a good audience for you guys, too, that Whiskey Myers audience. I mean, it's going to hit. You're going to get, I think, a lot more fans built from that. Yeah, we we've toured with those guys before. I mean, they're good buddies of ours. We 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 used to tour with those guys back when they were doing, you know, 500 seat clubs. Uh, okay. So like, way before the monstrosity that I mean, people, it's so funny. Like years ago, I'd be like, "Yeah, we're going on tour with Whiskey Myers. He's Brad, you know, Texas Texas rock band." Um, you know, they're big, you know, you always say stuff like, oh, they're big in Texas, you know, and then they, you know, but they're, you know, but they're, they're not so big in the rest of the United States. That was years ago. And it's, it's funny to see, well, it's, it's actually very inspiring. And I love those guys to see them grow from this Texas oriented band to this global, really, truly a glo- global band. I mean, these mm-hmm. guys are doing three, 4,000 seats now yeah on their own and they're that's the place in columbus is like that yeah yeah and they're independent and they you know they they own their own record label and like they're um just incredibly good businessmen and like their vision is so laser precise on what they are what they're doing and who they are and i think what's funny is i'm learning you know as i as i ingest culture and i like and I meet tons of people out on the road is like, I think one of the biggest things that we all demand as music lovers and music consumers is we demand authenticity with our artists and people can fake, fake it for a little while and people can rise to stardom and fall off very quickly, but it's the bands like whiskey Myers that have this like, like super precision on their their art their image their authenticity like that people just start gravitating towards it and they're like people that like aren't texas rock guys it's like like guys like me i i'm not a huge fan of texas rock but like outside of like zz top right like that was the band for me that like introduced texas rock and beyond that i never really dove into that scene i never i mean obviously like like Los Lobos, like I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of Los Lobos. Um, but like Whiskey Myers, there's something about Whiskey Myers that once I heard him and I, I got to tour with him, so I, I seen their show all the time. Man, when I, when, when I really started ingesting their music and their art, I, I, it's like I, you get drawn to them because they're so authentic 
and they're so they're doing something special and it's like i think that was inspiring to me in my own art of like if you really want to make a difference in the world with music then the world demands you to be super often like authentic super deep and dark you have to you have to tell your soul you have to like you have to go to dangerous places when you write you have to like you have to go to painful places when you write music you have to like do these things that uh, are very uncomfortable and but if you do it and you do it well I think people people will just gravitate to what to what you do regardless of the genre or their favorite thing like that's what I'm seeing with Whiskey Myers that's why I think they've grown so much from you know a small Texas band to like to really a I think a global like they're going to be doing I, w- I would assume they're going to be getting up into arena levels, you know, before long, which yeah. is, incre- which is incredible. It's just a, an incredible feat. And what's also inspiring about them. And, and, and I hope that that transfers to, you know, everybody that they influence musically is like, I'm from North Dakota. Okay. They play up here. They play up in Minnesota. They play in South Dakota on a regular basis. And I'm on their fan page the other day and just happened to ask who else, is from this area and I'm so amazed at the amount of people you know yeah. that, that that are from here that are aware of them I mean they sold all the show in in uh, a smaller place here in my hometown I mean so it's it, that's to attest to what you said about how they've grown in this big thing you know and and uh just you know so happy and excited for you guys I know even though you opened up for them before you know and, and another remarkable thing is like I'm going to the show with my father-in-law and the only other show we've been together is Easy Top, you know, but he's, you know, he's gotten used to, you know, familiarized with Whiskey Myers, you know, through the show Yellowstone. So, I mean, yeah, yeah it's just, it's, it's, it, you know, you really are <clears throat> absolutely 100% on that. So, you know, yeah. you know, I appreciate your compliment towards them and yeah, man. it's awesome. Well, they just Brian's a Whiskey Myers super fan. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. I, I love those guys. They've been so kind to me is, um, I'll tell you a story. I probably shouldn't tell you. This is, this is, uh, exclusive by far. I, I've never told this, but so we were, um, and I probably shouldn't tell it, but I don't really care. If any crimes were committed, say allegedly and don't use real allegedly, names. Other than okay. that, you're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like it, it's just, it's just to show you that, that, so me and Cody Cannon and Cody Cannon's lead singer and, and John Jeffers, us three, and like all of us have a really good relationship and, um, I was texting and I had sent the record see where the night goes beforehand to, to John Jeffers. And I think I might've sent it to Cody. I'm not sure if I did or not, but they're always so supportive. And they're like, dude, this record's going to blow you guys up. Like we're not going to be able to, you know, tour together. Cause you're, we're going to be opening for you guys. I mean, they were joking, but you know, obviously they're being too gracious, but like he was being just su- super nice about the record. And, uh, and come down the road and they say, Hey, we, we got this, we got this, these big tours coming up with amphitheaters. Like, do you guys want to open? And I said, yeah, I said, I said, we'd love to. I was like, I was like, but I was like, here's a problem. I, and they sent us a tour offer. Right. And, um, and the, I'll just say we, we couldn't do it financially. Right. So there was a gap in what, you know, what we needed and what, you know, the, the money that we would make. And 
and I, I texted Cody Cannon. I said, dude, I'm so sorry. Like you guys means you're incredible people. And, um, but we just can't make this tour happen financially. It just, it doesn't make sense for us right now. And I was like, but dude, you guys are amazing people. And I really wanted to make this work out. And then he just texts back. He's like, how much? And I was like, I texted back. I was like, I was like, dude, if you give us X amount, we'll roll with you anytime you call. And he's like, okay. And then like, we get an offer like, Oh, like a couple weeks later, we don't talk for weeks. And I'm like, Oh, like, great. I probably offended, you know, freaking Cody. But I mean, not that he's, he's like that at all. He's a super gracious, awesome guy, but we get, we get a new tour offer back with all these dates. And it's the number that I said, and I was like, and then I texted him immediately. I was like, you said, I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, you are the coolest, you are the nicest guy ever. And he he was like, he's like, we believe in you guys. And, and that's uh, awesome. You're that's worth, he's like, he's, he's like, he's like, you guys are worth way more than this. He's like, but, uh, you know, we wish we, we could offer you more, but he's like, if you guys can do it for this, we'd love to have you. And um, just ultra gracious, but it's, it's those kind of stories to me that are inspiring and like, it's like there's good people in this world and there's good people that want to help other people out. And even in the music community where it feels like a lot of times music is so cutthroat, but it's like these guys continue to inspire, you know, my band to kind of pay it forward and return the favor. And, you know, when there's a younger band that's just getting going, it's like, you know, maybe you pay them a little extra so that they can, you know, stay in a hotel instead of, sleeping in the van maybe you know maybe they can you know save some money put it in the bank you know that kind you know like give them a little extra money and it's like those guys you know did that for us and it's just really inspiring so no totally good guys and, and you know that's and watching out for you too and and you know that's we've heard a lot of these stories we've had a lot of bands on and it seems like there is much more of a community with with bands these days hey we're trying to bring people on our show on a, a festival bill help you out get you going and then that that yeah. story really lays true to a lot of things that we've heard um yeah. i will say though i think it's a smart business option for those because you I, I, I think you're right. I think this album is going to blow up and you're going to start bringing in a ton of people too. And it's going to pack their, their tour. Not that they need any help doing that, but I think right. it's, it's not going to turn people away from the door. It's going to definitely bring people to the show. Well, I think, I don't, I don't know if, if whiskey Myers needs any, but you know, no, any they money, don't, but, but it, it's not going to keep people from coming. Right. But, but I think what, I think what, I think what they appreciate and I think what we can help provide is, we can really start the night off with an incredible amount of energy that hopefully translates into a complete night of rock and roll that people won't soon forget. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I think, I think, you know, I think we can do that. And I think they appreciate that. And I think that's why they like touring with us is that, um, you know, they don't need help putting people's buses. Oh, absolutely like, not. But, but what they are trying to craft and, and good for them. And this is, again, the, the businessmen in them is like, is like they're trying to craft these rock and roll experiences that you never forget. And they're smart enough to realize that, hey, it's important who we put in front of us. It's absolutely, important who, you know, like don't just grab the cheapest, you know, touring band and throw them on. It's like these guys are curating a show that is special and, um, 
yeah. So anyways, if any of the guys listen to this, just want to say thank you and love y'all. We'll see you in April. <laughs> we'll have them on. We'll do, those guys want to come on, but Brian will put them on a heartbeat. That's not a problem. <laughs> I've tried so far. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. Wait, sure. Tyler, what's on your shirt? Oh, um, this is okay. This is a story. Okay. So this is this is a band out, out of Wolfjaw. Wolf okay. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a sad story, but we our first headlining, well, second headlining tour through. Well, first headlining tour through uh, England, uh, there was a band that opened for us called Wolfjaw. There's this gritty, nasty three-piece kind of... Um, great name. Yeah, great name. Great great logo. Uh, great everything. Um, prog, uh, kind of like light metal, prog, hard rock in that world. And they had this um, um, great guys, and, and incredible guys. And the, uh, the lead singer recently passed away so he and they were super young guys and it's just heartbreaking uh so i don't know i just always wear their shirt i bought their shirt from them and I, so they're so anybody out there can check out their it's their a freaking catalog. cool logo brian's a big yeah. wolf, wolves guy love wolves. Yeah. yeah yeah but uh yeah so uh but yeah the uh, lead singer tom passed away about a i think about a year ago and uh so yeah i just still wear the shirt just because they were awesome guys and and it was a really fun time in my life. So, and you got to meet them on a podcast, and people are going to look look for them now. And I hope so. I hope so. Look them up. Jason just mentioned earlier about uh, the camaraderie that goes on more nowadays. I think we just had a guest on recently talked about like the difference between when you know there was still the big, huge record industry, and nowadays without that, there there apparently is not hardly at all any kind of like sort of like bad competition but but good and supportive you know and everybody just goes to each other's shows and helps each other out and no one's trying to steal anybody else's gig um and we've heard that especially about nashville that is very much like that when i expected to hear that oh there's a big corporate music scene there i mean so yeah. is that would you say that's accurate for you guys there how, how nashville is well i i'd agree i'd agree with that statement in general but i would like I would put the caveat that the streets of Nashville are lined with the bodies of dead musicians. Like there's like the amount of talent here mm -hmm. is so competitive. So like in order to get a chance or, or something, you, you gotta be, you gotta be pretty standout. Right. So um, I, I say that in the sense of like, a lot of people come to Nashville thinking they're just going to come take over the town and they, they go to the first honky tonk and realize, Holy crap. Right. These guys are, these guys are playing for free and these guys are incredible. Like the best musicians you've ever seen. And it's little things like that, that I think makes Nashville magical because it's like, if you're going to Nashville's all about the song and it's about musicianship. So it's like, if you don't have a song, no one cares. If you ain't that good of a musician, no one really cares. I mean, you can get away. If you got an incredible song, you can get away with it. But it's like, like, that's what Nashville teaches people. So anybody who comes here usually gets their butt whooped pretty bad. Like I did when I first moved here in 2009, I thought we were just going to come roll on this town and have a major record deal. And I'd be, you know, not that I desired it, but you know, I'd be like, you know, Ferraris and champagne every <laughs> night, you know, 
not that I want that, but um, but it's fine. Oh no, Ferraris and champagne, not too bad. Uh, not too bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, but like you know, you get here and you just you just go into a random bar on a Tuesday night and you get leveled, and it's like, oh wow, I have to. I have to become the best version of myself in order to make it in this town. And I think that's what that this town teaches you really quickly is that you have to become the best version of yourself. And um, so it's great. It's like, it's, it's a, you know, steel, steel sharp and steel kind of thing. So, uh, but so there's an incredibly competitive aspect to it to get seen and get heard and get uh, opportunities but I feel like once you break through, it's like a brotherhood um, that I think relates to what you were saying is uh, it's kind of once you make it, once you make it, we all know how hard it is. So it's like, oh, God, dude, you want to come have a beer? Let's go share some war stories or, hey, you want to come open for us or, hey, we'll open for you. And it's like, you know, um, it's that kind of camaraderie. Um, at least we experience that, you know, so. I'm going to be in your hometown this weekend, Friday until Sunday, seeing some bands as people we've had on the podcast. So Friday night, third Lindsley, I'm going to see trigger hippie. We've had Gorman on, oh, cool, um, then Jack's hollow and, uh, Leilani Kilgore, both to play playing two different places on Saturday night. So looking okay. forward to being back and checking out some good music. Dude, that's great, man. I mean, um, check out, you got to come have a beer at the five spot. You got to come, like if you see something at basement East, it doesn't sound like you're gonna have a lot of time in the evening, but um, you know, check out there's there's music, good music everywhere. So oh yeah. I've been I've been to Nashville a couple of times last summer. Brian and I were at the Rock and Pod, which was held in downtown Nashville, and we got, you know, there's some things, but it is it's like from this podcast, I've got to meet a lot of people and learn about a lot of great bands like you and your band. And it's now really cool and extra special and I get to go out. And watch people play live and i'm really looking forward to may 19th too and seeing you guys in columbus because oh, it's just cool like hey you're a good dude it's a good band i i just get more jazz about going to see something yeah man so speaking of other bands we always got to ask our artists too uh, you know you know we're always looking for artists we haven't heard of or seen or whatever um is there someone that maybe we haven't heard of that's you know you're contemporary around the same age and going the same amount of time or maybe come in later that you yeah. think might just knock our socks off? Um, I think there, there's two bands that I, I'm really into. Um, some Belmont guys, um, probably a little, maybe a little younger than me, maybe maybe the same age as me, I don't, I'm not sure. But I've just been following them for a long time. They're called All Them Witches. Yeah, I've heard it, yeah. We, we've heard, I think somebody's told us that name before, Brian, right? Yeah. Yeah, probably probably one of those bands you said, you know, from Nashville. Everybody loves all th this band because they're like, um, they're like, they're just incredibly unique in the sense of like what they do. And again, they're 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 laser focused with like their what the band is, and I think it draws people to them. So yeah, just check out all them witches, man. And then there's a, new, a newer guy I just discovered called Charlie Crockett, who's um, just a kind of a traditional country, country Western blues guy that is just the more I listen and the more I learn about him, I just, I love it. 
So Charlie Crockett and all them witches, both, both are stellar. We'll check them out. That, I mean, Brian started this podcast really to get a lot of these bands like yourself and stuff who aren't getting, or getting an extra chance for the spotlight to bring, Hey, you know, cause again, you don't you have the radio, there's no MTV find these bands that are great and let's give them some extra push out there <laughs> yeah man well we appreciate you and we appreciate y'all championing uh this kind of music and and you know some people give you know the modern um you know spotify and apple and all that stuff like the dsps or whatever you want to call them give them a lot of crap because they devalued music but at the same time they've kind of let they've they've let the consumer truly choose and chase and, and discover and, too and, and right discover right and and i think that's a good thing about it that's one good thing about it is that um you know it's it it allows it allows artists to, i mean the cream rises to the top you know mm -hmm. so it's like you know it just allows if you love a certain kind of rock you can go find it if you hunt hard enough so yeah and, well, and hopefully well, I was gonna say, obviously, formats like this too is 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 a great, uh, you know. It's high, free, man. We don't charge for this. Yeah. <laughs> you can find us anywhere. No yeah. Patreon, nothing, man. Just we give it. We give you all of this for free. All <laughs> this our listeners. Well, hopefully, too, Tyler. Like what Brian and I do is when we find out about bands, we will listen to them on streaming or whatever. But then we we go and buy physical. <laughs> media we buy the merch um just sure. and and i think a lot of people do that now there's some people who don't but i think you're seeing more and more people hey i like this i found out i want to support these guys i'm gonna buy a shirt i'm yeah. gonna buy an album I'm gonna yeah. do whatever we can because that's that's the right thing to do well and I, I think the i think the artists are are i know at least us we're we're a lot more conscious of uh just trying to make our our physical things that you can buy special so like mm -hmm. you know we hand we hand sign all of our vinyls and we you know try to put a lot of care into the design of our t-shirts and that kind of thing so you know it's trying to try to make it special for the folks who go out and buy the physical you know because you know we, we want you guys to have a special experience too you know that's great i think again we're seeing a lot more people do things like that and it's awesome and I think people like having something in their hand or to look at at the same time too. When you have stuff digitally, there's nothing to see or feel. It's just right there on a device. Yeah. Jason, is it that time of the show? It is that time. But before we get to the lightning round, Tyler, we were having a very nice conversation before we started recording about instruments and gear. Can we jump back into that real fast, Brian? Are we sure? Is that oh, okay? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, no I problem. forgot about the gear part of the show. See, I <laughs> yeah. did forget about the gear part. Yeah. Um, well, um, a couple of nice guitars saw, hanging up behind you yeah, and you have a new, so, new collection. So a lot of my, a lot of my stuff is over at Landon's house because he has a rehearsal space mm -hmm. in his home. So um, I have, I'll, I'll do some name dropping for you. So uh, in my first couple records, I was, uh, I love the AC 30 style amp. So I had, mm -hmm. uh, but I love Mark Sampson, the amp, uh, maker. So I have a bad cat and I have a matchless amp, uh, which are two stellar amps, yeah. uh, and combined with, um, you know, I have some kind of analog vintage pedals kind of combined with that. You can, you can really get some really cool tones out of them so those are over at landon's house uh i got a 
Marshall JTM. I was showing you that before. Yes, you were. Yes. Uh, Very nice. The head, and then the 100 watt greenback cab. This amp kind of changed my life. Um, it's making me, um, it's making me use a lot less. So in the sense of what I've discovered, I think me as a guitar player, my tone journey is like, I need to do less. So what my goal is, is using this kind of amp is I'm going to use the volume knob on my guitar more. And I'm going to try to only use one pedal Ooh. live. Okay. Uh, well, maybe a wall. And obviously a tuner, like, cause I have a couple of solos that, you know, sometimes the tuner, tuner doesn't count. So, yeah. Sometimes I click on, you know, sometimes I click on like a wall or whatever, but so there's, um, so what this amp is like pushing me towards is, is because what I've learned, it's so touch responsive. I'm like, man, you really hear my fingers. And I, and I discovered how sloppy of a player I was. So it's really made me more focused. And as I've played that more and more, I've, uh, I've realized that I kind of hate pedals. I hate guitar mm -hmm. pedals. Like I, I want to, like our, our record, our uh, see where the night goes, our producer, like he would let me use a pedal basically for like a solo tone, which you, you know, discovered like, you know, we try to make, you know, the tones, the solo tones interesting and di different things. He would like, I would get like one pedal. He's like, you can click it on, on the, uh, on the solo. And uh, so, you like an overdrive like a, or a volume or no, like, like, no, like a rotary cab. I use like oh, a rotary okay, cab. Okay. One. So more of an effect and not right. like a boost. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, there was, gotcha. there was some effect stuff. And then, but what he, what I used a lot, which I have bought the, the clone of it. Cause I, I don't want to buy the original, but he has an original Dan Harmon uh, squeezer that it's like a little uh, square that you that literally plugs into the input jack mm -hmm. of your guitar and it has an on off switch there's no volume or anything and so he put it in he's like this is all you get and it was like step aside it was like one of the first songs we were we were doing so we had uh i had a marshall cab i had a marshall blues breaker and then i had a uh like a 70s orange Mm -hmm. And we had, we had them in stereo and then we had them in the live room and then there was just mics set up and we just had them cranked up to 10 and I was using the volume knob to kind of find the tone. And that was, we started recording step aside. And so I was out there, I was recording and then, excuse me, we had, we had got the uh, um, kind of the first initial takes done. He's like, okay, go cut it you know, go, go cut it for real. And I, I did it through one time. I was like, I don't know if I like it. He's like, dude, you're done. Get in here. And like, we went back and heard it and we were listening to what you guys are hearing. And I was like, dude, I didn't like, there's no pedals. I was just kind of playing. I was just playing with the band. I was like, it's kind of sloppy. I can kind of hear all my mistakes that I was making. He's like, dude, no, this is the, this is the vibe of the whole record. Like you just, you found what you're doing the whole record, which is no pedals, cranked up Marshall, you can hear your fingers, you know, that's, you, know, you, you discovered the vibe, which is, which is kind of hard to do sometimes. Like it, it might take a couple songs recording before you have that big epiphany, but we, mm -hmm. we luckily, we, Paul figured it out on the, like the first song. So I say all that, it's a long winded version of like that Marshall amp is dope. Anybody who wants to check out a 1845, <laughs> you should. Um, that's you taking that on tour with you. Is that going to be your live rig? Yes, I do. Right. I do a live rig. And then um, I usually run a, uh, uh, I watch the, uh, uh, 
that pedal show those british dudes yep out of uh they're like um uh sorry I, you muted did i do something wrong i can hear you sorry i muted you buddy okay i'm just gonna take this out sorry hang on you're good brian tries to mute me all the time <laughs> <laughs> sorry i think i i messed you up that's all right so that now? pedal show yep we can hear you well yeah that pedal show so like so those guys taught me about the wet the wet dry rig right mm-hmm. and the drive is where you take your signal um your your just your overdrive you put it into into both amps and then just you're like if you have a reverb or a delay you only put it into one amp and then you give the sound guy two mics and he can kind of adjust your wet and dry signal and so i've been playing around with that i think uh, i did that at the nashville show and it's pretty cool like i was pretty happy with how that sounded and the vibe of it because it makes everything really punchy so yeah and then um yeah dude and then i just have some uh you know standard uh a nice strat custom shop strat uh, i've had forever and then i got a telly that i just oh yeah it's like a 70s style with the humbuckers yeah and then it's like uh, oh that's gorgeous i love tellies but uh this is what's cool i'm trying to figure out that it's a uh it's a it's like a pedal um it emulates the sound of a pedal steel no it's called i've never seen that before what's it called it's called a dusenberg multi-bender dusenberg multi wow multi-bender yeah so all it does is it like you can put it on your g string and your b string and you can like um through a person more skilled than me can manipulate the bridge to make isn't it a little bit like a b like a b bender or something like that but you're doing two well you can do one or two and you just control it with your picking hand so i've been learning that um just because i've always loved that sound not not necessarily that it, that's going to make its way into goodbye june so much like i think maybe a song or two it might but i just always love the sound of pedal steel i've always said yeah. before before i die i'm gonna learn how to play pedal steel and um so that was kind of my first little intro to it and i, I just installed that and i've been playing around with it it's pretty tough pretty frustrating but uh but yeah and then um i've been uh playing i can't show you but i got a I got a nice red fire Gibson Firebird. I've been playing a lot. I got a, a Gibson Les Paul Custom. I've been playing a lot. Ooh, okay. Well, hold on. We got to go back here. So your Firebird, we were talking before everybody heard. It's got the 70s style mini hums in there. You, yeah. you Did you play most of the tracks on the album with that? I actually played, no, the I, I think the only track I played on a Firebird was a song called Baby I'm Back. Okay. Kind of a real bluesy growly tone um i played that on a firebird everything else i split between a 61 les paul which is basically an sg and um and paul has has a really awesome uh really mid-rangey les paul mm-hmm. that uh, he has i don't know the specs on it i think it's just a i think it's a standard les paul probably circa 80s or 70s but it's so just your firebird red. is red you said not tobacco burst or anything like that yeah. it's red it's, oh it's the album cover the album cover the fire oh, got it cover so um yeah so i've been playing that a lot um yeah i played our whole nashville show on the red firebird and i really like it it's like a, a nice mix between you know humbuckers and and single coils it kind of gives me a little bit of honk in um in the tone but i'm I'm really trying to get into a 
I want to talk to Gibson to see if they could get me a Les Paul with P90s, but kind of customize it a certain way because there's certain things I don't like about, um, like I love a 54 Les Paul, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't like the 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 bridge tailpiece wrap around. Um, I would probably want like a tunematic on it. So you don't want to get like an intonated wrap around, and you want to completely get rid of it. Well, I, I don't think so. See, I mean, you can see over my shoulder, this is a, a Gibson Les Paul special TVL. It's got a wrap around. I actually have an intonated bridge. I'm going to put on it, but yeah, that's the thing is I've been so much, and like it just seems like such a. Uh, I mean, like I, I realize I've recently realized how much I bend, and um, a wrap around just isn't um, isn't too conducive to that sometimes. Or you what know. gauge strings are you using? Uh, use uh, usually I use like elevens. Okay, a little heavier. Elevens with like heavier, like I try to find yeah. a, a wrapped G string. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aren't we all? Um, <laughs> I, I prefer un- unwrapped G-strings. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, but yeah, so like try, I try to do like heavier gauge just in, tr- only because the, uh, I read that Stevie Ray Vaughan played like 12s and 13s. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh. Okay, Jimmy well. Page played eight and nines. Yeah, there you go. That's crazy. That slide is shit. How did he not, he, he bends a ton. How did he not break strings constantly is what I want to know. I don't know. I, we, when we toured with ZZ Top, we did a lot of shows with him and I became good friends. I became friends with their guitar tech and he let me uh, play on Billy's, some of Billy's uh, SGs that he was playing on. And uh, he plays with sevens. Whoa. Yeah. I, I could take the high E string. And I could bend it over the top of the neck. Holy crap. Yeah. It was, I mean, but I mean, dude, he makes them sound great. Yeah, he I, does got this nice growly tone that you would think he's playing much thicker strings. So, um, you know, I mean, dude, the dude's in his seventies and still crushing it. So it's still killing it. Yeah. So he's, you know, uh, I I can't even comment on, on his gear. He's, he's got it figured out. He's got, he's been doing it a long time, man. Um, one last guitar question before we get the lightning round, you mentioned you just got a Les Paul. What's it look like? What year? uh black it's it's a newer one i think it's one or two years old it's just a les paul custom just standard black gold is it three gold. pickups no just okay. a two okay. i played it i played it on the three chords video okay all right the three chords video in the opening of it you'll see me with a black les paul and that's i will take a look at that because a lot of the custom les pauls they have that third humbucker pickup on them a lot of the times and um i didn't know if that was you Gibson is making some really good stuff these last couple of years. I think they've given up the shenanigans with like the weird, you know, robot tuners and some other things they were doing in the last couple of years of guitars has been really back to basics and just good quality. Well, Gibson had a event at their Gibson garage here in Nashville. And I got, I actually got the chance to, well, I actually, no, I take that back. I, so my, quick story my cousin brandon his home was leveled by a tornado and he lost uh, a lot of his guitars were damaged and um i mean he lost everything was it like the recent tornadoes that came a couple months ago or something okay not a couple months ago about a about a year uh, i think two years ago there was a (laughs) devastating one that came through east nashville and yeah and my cousin my cousin brandon's apartment was the one that was shown on cnn 
And they were oh like, my God. Yeah. They were like, they were like Nashville's or, you know, Nashville destroyed by tornado. And it's like showing a picture of Brandon's apartment. And so um, we posted and Gibson had always been cool with us uh, before we had, I don't know, I guess they just got turned on to our music and they, they liked what we do and they just kind of always followed us and um you know, they'll let us borrow guitars and do things. If we're going to the studio, like, Hey, you guys got any cool stuff? Like, like we have a really good relationship with our Gibson rep. And, um, and so they reached out and said, Hey, we want to do something special for you guys. And they actually gave my cousin three guitars. They gave him an SG and then two really nice acoustics. And, um, which was just phenomenal above and beyond. But, but during that time we, so we had a filming where, you know, kind of a, a ceremony where they gave it to him and the the CEO of Gibson was explaining how he wanted to be more focused on the artists and he wanted to be bring Gibson back to its former glory. And but beyond the cameras, when the cameras were off, he was he was talking with us and he's kind of showing us through this uh, showroom that they have and talking about what his vision was for Gibson. And uh, it's exactly what you said. It was it was he's like, there's, he's like, there's two types of guitar players. There's guitar players that love the traditional classic sounds that made Gibson the company that it is. And then there's guitar players that are looking for uh, modern accoutrements of cutting edge technology. What's the latest and greatest? How hot can you make a humbucker? How, how, you know, all this stuff. And he's like, he's like, what Gibson was trying to do is like before he came on, there was such a wide range and a plethora and they were trying to make all these nuanced things. He's like, we're going to get back to basics. We're going to make, we're going to make a 61 less Paul, you know, like the, the SG style. He's like, cause that's the coveted SG. That's the one he's like, we're going to make that. And then we're going to make an economy version. Then we're going to make an awesome less Paul. Then we're going to make an economy version. He's like, and then on the other side of it, we're going to make, we're going to do modern stuff to things. He's like, but we're going to simplify what Gibson is. And I think when they did that, they could focus more on quality control. Quality, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Even Epiphone's killing it right now with some stuff. They've got a 335 model. That's, I mean, obviously it's not going to be the Gibson, but it is stellar. They do a Epiphone version of this TV yellow special I have. It's really good. It's similar enough, like for just the app, you know, somebody doesn't want to spend a couple grand. Um, shit, that TV yellow job I got, I bought it from Sweetwater. It was a demo. I think I paid 1200 bucks for it. It's the best guitar I have. It's not the most expensive guitar, but it's the best playing, best sounding guitar I have. Well, I mean, I did, um, I did most of Goodbye June's record on a 61 reissue. I, I mean, I'm going to guess it's, I, I don't know how old it is. I'm going to guess it's two or three years old. Like, so it's a modern guitar. Yeah. And you can listen to our record. I, I say most of it. I probably did half of it. So like, but I mean, listen, listen to the opening riff of Step Aside and you hear, you hear it through a, through a cranked up Marshall uh, blues breaker. I mean, rock and roll tone. Yeah. It's just rock and roll tone. It's, and it's what you want. It's, yeah. it's everything you want, it's everything you need. So um, yeah. So there's our Gibson, but Gibson sponsor us. Hey, come hey, on, Gibson. Sponsor <laughs> the podcast. Come on. We'll take there whatever you, you want, man. I am a Gibson guy. I do have some fenders and a reverend, but I am staunchly a Gibson guy. So, all right, Brian, go you do the intro again. It's been so long. 
Jason is, is at that time of the show. <laughs> Tyler, always at the end of the show, we like to do a fun lightning round, some couple quick questions, and easy to end the night. Are you good with that? Let's do it. All right. All right. Hey, don't don't dwell too hard on these questions. First thing that comes to your mind, because they are kind of fun, all right? There we go. There we go. <laughs> Fender or Gibson? Gibson. Firebird, Les Paul, 335 or Junior? 335. Can't go wrong there, man. Hard hard choices, though. Mm -hmm. If you could only play with one guitar, one amp combo on stage, what is it? Ooh. Firebird. No pedals, nothing. Just guitar amp. Oh, gee. Uh, I would play – I if I had to do that, then I would do uh, – I'd probably do uh, 61 Les Paul through uh, – like a Marshall JTM 45. Okay. You can do a lot with that. We we're talking about your, your probably an 800 because you need the, it just depends. It depends how, how loud I can, I can push it. <laughs> hey, real fast. When you're playing live now with really, you're not doing a boost pedal or volume pedal. Are you just for your solos? Are you just rolling up the, the volume knob or what? I, I do that. I'm getting more disciplined at that. That's a, that's a whole thing thing yeah. that I, i've never um i haven't truly embraced and become really proficient at like other guitar warren players. haynes is good as shit at that's what he does yeah warren i mean derek tons of yeah warren derek freaking tyler bryant you've had him on he's 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 a really great at that like um i'd uh uh i well i don't get me wrong when i said that before that's where i want to go i think now i probably have like you know four or five pedals on my pedal board but where i want to go is go minimal less so i have like a analog man king of tone and then i also have an analog man a huge fan of analog man sponsor the podcast uh, <laughs> this guy's uh, great brian there we go yeah <laughs> I have an analog man king of tone um and then i have an analog man uh sun lion so that's basically four different overdrives in two boxes. So that's pretty much all I need. Yeah. And I'll just kind of pick and choose. And if it's really crazy, I'll start stacking. But like, usually I try to just have one thing on at a time. I love it, man. I like, I like the very basic stuff. I mean, if you're just doing rock and roll, you don't need a bunch of crazy stuff. The wah pedal. Absolutely. You know, if you need an overdrive or whatever, but Man, you got a good guitar and a good amp. You can just pretty much do everything you need. Yeah, absolutely. I know what your first guitar was. It's that Paul Reed Smith hanging on the wall, that green one. So we're, people on the show didn't hear it. We're going to skip it. Um, going, to, going to Nashville this weekend, give me a place I should go to eat. Hmm. Um, once upon a time in France. It's a little French cafe. Uh, it's on the east side. Okay. Uh, first come, first serve. They don't pick up the telephone. Uh, you just sometimes got to go and wait in line. Incredible. It transports you to Europe. That's the only place I've ever been to that truly captures a French cafe. So, so what should I order? Snails. And uh, usually they have like some sort of like lamb or bolognese. Like get just get some or some. There's a there's a they always do a traditional um, Coco Bon, like a like a like a chicken, uh, traditional French, uh, prepared chicken. Like get that. Like, cause it's, it's stellar and it's great. And it will transport you to have a good glass of wine and you're, you're on the streets of Paris. 
you could ask me a hundred times what I thought you were going to pick for something. I would never guess a French cafe. That's why we like to ask these questions. Hey man, I mean, everybody's probably, Hey, go to Martin's. <laughs> well, we get Martin's. a lot of like uh, princess chicken and stuff yeah, like, you know, I don't want tourist shit. Like anybody tell me something as somebody who lives there where I should go. Yeah. Yeah. Go to once upon a time in France. It's over okay. in, uh, it's over on the East side. I'll have my wife, wife, my wife with me. If I could speak she's european descent she'll love it i'll try to t- i'll get her out there special i'll say i'll show up and i'll say tyler baker sent me give me your best table yeah they'll they'll not care they do they, <laughs> they've, they've literally they'll put my, me in the kitchen me and my wife and two friends were there and they are so european in the sense of their um there's not like this southern hospitality the customer's always right Hey, how can I, it's a little bit more of, I think, and you know, uh, this is stereotyping. It's not fair, but let's just say that these owners are a little more like, Hey, you're, you're coming to our establishment. You kind of play by our rules. Right. And we were taking a little too long, having a little too much wine. They said, Hey, your guys's table is actually up. We need you to leave the table in, in, uh, in five minutes. Never have I ever been asked to leave when I was still ordering drinks and things, but they're like, Hey, your table's, Hey it's, man, it's turns re- at a restaurant. That's how they make money, man. Yeah. And, well, I mean, and it's just so funny. I was like, I was like, oh, okay. Y'all are like, this is different. <laughs> That's <laughs> very French. Very yeah. French. Yeah. Very French, but so, refreshing. Okay. Yeah. That was fun. Whatever. I'm, I'm going, we're going to try like hell to go out there. Probably have to be for, a, if, are they open for lunch or is it just dinner? I would assume, I would assume dinner. I don't know. Okay. Just we'll check dinner. it out. We'll get on the internet and take a look at it, but. Yeah. That's a good wreck. Um, what is your favorite place to go see a show? Anywhere? Uh, Ryman Auditorium, hand down. Right. I mean, of course. I mean, anywhere uh, in the world, Ryman, you're going Ryman. Yeah, anywhere in the world is Ryman. Uh, just because I've seen so many cool bands. and I mean, I've seen Derek Trucks there. I've yeah. seen uh, just tons of great bands. And everybody sounds phenomenal. It's the, o- it's the only theater where you can play for 20... 20- 2400 people and someone can sit at the front of the stage and without any amplification play a song and everyone hears every single word of what you're saying and uh, i seen um i forgot what band it was but they went up as a trio two acoustics and sang three-part harmony with wow. no amplification and it was incredible it filled up the whole it filled up the whole theater and there was 2400 people there completely silent and attentive you know and i think that's really special that's awesome yeah that i've done a tour of the ryman i've never got i've never had the pleasure of seeing live music and that's on my bucket list yeah, got to. let me know when you guys are playing i'll come down for it <laughs> what is your favorite place to play as a band Ooh, um well i would say uh one of our most awesome experiences as a band was we were in Hamburg, Germany and we were playing in a really cool, a really nice club, but we weren't playing the big, the big stage. We were playing the basement. We were playing the, like, you know, the 250 seat venue below it. And uh, we didn't know what ticket sales were. We didn't know anything. And we just, we came out and uh, it was absolutely jam packed. There was people on people's shoulders and they were singing all of our songs 
And that was the first time that had ever happened in our career. And it was really special that it wasn't, it wasn't like in Nashville, it wasn't in Atlanta, it wasn't in Indianapolis. It wasn't in these places where, you know, we go and do well. It was in this foreign place we'd never been before. And uh, the fact that they care that much about the music and they, you know, Landon was singing Darling, Darling, which is on our first record, a very special slow song. And the whole crowd was singing at the top of their lungs. And uh, I mean, there was, you know, girlfriends were on boyfriends backs, you know, like, like it, it was just, it was pandemonium. It's a real low ceiling too. So it was like the whole crowd was right on top of us. And uh, it was just really special to me. So um, that was the most special moment. So is that my favorite place to play? I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I mean, I played the Ryman. I played the Ryman before. That's probably my favorite place to play. Well, I was <laughs> going to ask you, have you played the Ryman? Who, like, when did you play the Ryman? Uh, we played the Ryman with, we opened for ZZ Top at the Ryman. Oh. Incredibly oh. special. And then Damn. We, we just opened last fall. We opened for Whiskey Myers at the Ryman. Okay. All right. Very good. So, I mean, you guys are Ryman veterans. Well, we've done it twice. So. Now you've got to headline it. And I'm telling you, man gonna happen this album is crazy freaking good and you're rightfully guys getting a lot of a lot of praise for it thanks buddy i appreciate it you know we put a lot of hard work into it and it's it's good people like yourselves that give us a platform to you know hopefully connect and um have a good connection with with uh people that's never heard our music and uh if you like rock and roll check it out yep what's the first concert you ever went to joe diffie uh, Joe Bridget Diffie, wow, that's Joe, a name I haven't heard in a long time. Joe Diffie, Joe Diffie, Bridget Joe Diffie's still around. Uh, I think he passed away. I think, okay. I think, I think the vid got him. Oh, jeez, uh, I don't know. Yeah, um, uh, at Brickyard 400, circa. I was probably is that is that Bristol? Uh, no, Brickyard's Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Oh, duh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Me and my folks went up to see the Brickyard, and uh, yeah, we seen uh, Joe Diffie was playing, and uh, yeah, it was my first real nice. concert. Yeah, what is the first concert that you played? Oh God! Oh shoot! Oh my gosh! Probably something with Landon and Brandon, probably in the church, probably some youth event uh probably a long long time ago probably some church youth event at like a like like 20 kids probably playing like like creed and uh skillet creed and- nice hey mark <laughs> say what you want about creed but mark tremani is a pretty damn good guitar player dude tremani i mean i've said this before in interviews like people like those shade on creed but like Creed was incredibly special when their first two albums. They were huge. My Own Prison's a good album. I stand by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stand by it. And uh, but they were they're incredibly um, influential at the time in the in the landscape of music. There was something about when they came out that was incredibly special. So, but I say that modern or sorry, Mark Tremonti taught me how to play modern rock guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, Ultra and, Bridge is cool, man. Like Miles Kennedy is a hell of a singer. Yeah, dude. Like, well, I'll, I'll tell you this story real quick. I've, I've told it before, but uh, um, it one. I'll, I'll shorten it. We were on this rock cruise called Shiprock, and Ultra Bridge was playing, and there's an artist dining room, 
and we were all having dinner and Mark Tremonti was, was sit, was, was sitting there and me and my cousins were geeking out. They were like, dude, it's freaking Mark Tremonti. Like all these other people, we'd be surrounded by bands way bigger or, or whatever, you know, in our eyes, Mark Tremonti was like, Oh my God, this guy. And he, I mean, he is, he is massive. Obviously he's but, Creed was the biggest rock band for like a couple years in a row. Right. Um, so anyways, but me and my cousin were geeking out, man. And, um, I was like, dude, I gotta, it's like my cousin, like, like I'm kind of the guy that I get a couple beers in me. I'll kind of go talk to anybody. Right. Or I'll find a way to talk to somebody. I had a couple beers in me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to talk to Mark. I have to talk to him. So I was waiting, kind of waiting around. We're having dinner, like 20 minutes past. And luckily, um, um, Josh from Hailstorm, uh, bass player for Hailstorm, mm-hmm. who's a buddy of ours. Uh, Great band. Love Lizzie uh, Hale. Yeah, dude, the, Joe and Lizzie are great. Like we, we, uh, end up, uh, they're just great people. And, um, uh, but, but I know Josh and Josh has, has a, has a child about the same age as mine. And we kind of connected over that and became friends. And Josh goes over and sitting by Mark. And I was like, got my in. Boom. It's like, go over. I start talking to Josh. Like, hey, man. And Josh is sweetheart that he is. He's like, Tyler, have you ever met Mark Tremonti? And I like shake his hand. I was like, Hey Mark, how you doing, man? Like, you know, obviously big fan, like just, you know, doing the pleasantries. Right. And uh, he's like, what band are you in? I'm like, I'm in goodbye June. And then this is the part I'll take to my grave. He was like, he's like, Oh yeah. He's like, he's like, I know you guys. He's like, I love your stuff. And I was like, I was like looking around. I was like, Did you, I, was like Did I was like, and uh, I, I was like, I was like, Mark, I was like, you don't have to be that nice, bro. I mean, <laughs> name a song, man. Just name one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be afraid of the answer. Um, <laughs> the, uh, no, but he was sweet. And he was like, yeah, man, he's like, I check out all the bands on, you know, when we do shows like this, I try to see all the new young bands. He's like, he's like, and your guys, this was, he's like the music that I actually enjoyed. He's like, I love what you guys do. So whether, you know, I'll take it with a grain of salt, whatever you want to say. But, um, He's just a really sweet guy, yeah. and and uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by that he was 100 percent honest. I Mark, I'm Mark with you. I'm with you. I think he was <laughs> honest. I got that, kicked out of a Creed concert. That's the delusion. That's the delusion I'll, that I tell myself. <laughs> I've gone to one Creed concert and I got kicked out of it. So that's that's my that's my Creed story. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Me and my now wife, we both got kicked out. Nice. All right. Um. So. Recently on Twitter or semi-recently, somebody one I don't I don't know if you run Twitter or somebody else does your band page, but somebody mentioned about bringing '80s glam rock back, and people had was that that's you? Co- that's my cousin Brandon. No, okay. he loves glam. We kind of all share it. Like uh, a lot of times, it feels like it's me, it's me or Brandon. Sometimes Landon will hop on, but uh, a lot of time, a lot of it's Brandon. And so I know the glam rock was Brandon. He loves glam rock. <laughs> well, see, I was going to ask if it was you. Like, what are some of your glam rock favorites? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass you on that one. I don't I don't have a lot now. Granted, I love a good like, you know, I get five or six beers in me, and I'm at the bar, and here comes freaking some winger or some, you know. What about white- Cinderella? Cinderella's a legit Cinderella's hard blues rock man. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get jacked up about some firehouse. But what I'm saying, <laughs> I'm not the, I'm not the guy. Okay. Brandon is the guy. If you want to talk glam, you got to get Brandon on. But uh, yeah, I, I seen that tweet. Now it's like, 
he, he's been one that's funny like Brandon so little backstory is like so we're all three like we all three songwrite right so we always have these powwows where we come together and we got our acoustics kind of the early stages of songwriting or or a record process and here we all come and it's like our show and tell you know it's like hey what have you been working on and you know it's so funny we can always peg each other like like Landon is is like really he loves like he loves Beatles, but he also loves like this. He loves like Cage the Elephant. He mm-hmm. loves these modern bands that really, to be honest, are kind of just riffs on like Rolling Stones and mm-hmm. riffs on, you know, I mean, they're new and fresh with like, you know, bells and whistles. Like the Black on. Keys, right? Same thing. They're new, but an old. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's kind of just did in a different package. Like everybody's like, you know, Cage the Elephant's, you know, brand new. I was like, ah, Cage the Elephant is just Rolling Stones in like a new really cool package um but anyway so you know you know he's kind of he writes stuff like kind of in that land and then brandon comes in hard with like like brandon wrote take a ride on the record which is the most van halen glam mm-hmm. like he was really trying to push us like and we we heard take a ride like dude let's do it man this is dope let's go so brandon's more like you know this van halen you know, thing, but he also loves like Rolling Stone. So he's always got a bit of like that, that, uh, that swagger in his rhythms. Right. Um, which works well. And then obviously me, I'm kind of like a little more straight, like I'm Creed's Clearwater Bible and, um, ZZ Top. You're not finger tapping and stuff, right? No, I'm like, I'm like, I just want to get down and dirty into a nasty groove with a nasty, simple riff. Like that's my plan. And then, you know, so, um, so it's funny. I seen, I seen that tweet probably the same time you did. And I was like, oh, Brandon, there's Brandon. Does that ever have anything to do with the, with the, when you get guys like halfway through the video, three chords, you go into the white suits. <laughs> well, we just thought the video would get boring. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it reminded me a bit of by your side here of the black crows. Cause they were all in like the white, you know, Chris yeah. was in that pimp suit. Yeah. yeah. Thumbs I, up from me, by the way. I was, I was going for like uh ZZ top circa eighties. Right. You know, the, the fluffy guitars. Yeah. Like, that's, the that's the legs my, era. Yeah. 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 That's where my, my head was at. It's pretty. It's pretty badass. <laughs> I will say I dig it. I like the all, all white, the all white thing. All right, we're, we're rounding home here. A couple of quick ones. Normally, I, I give people, hey, tell us a good road story. You've given us two, which Mark Tremonti, perfect. Um, are you more of a reader or more of a streamer of like shows and movies? I'm a uh, I'm a streamer i'm a weird i'm really weird i think weird in my i like uh like adult swim cartoons yes like aqua teen hunger force venture yeah. brothers what are we talking man give me tell me what your favorites um, have you seen uh smiling friends i've not seen smiling friends get ready just just take an evening get a nice buzz on choose your substance of choice okay. and just go into <laughs> smiling friends do you watch rick and morty yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've, wore, I've wore Rick and Morty out. I, yeah, I, that's a good show. I usually go to sleep to that. Like, so I'll, I'll like go to sleep to like an Adult Swim cartoon. But I'll get into that world. I like. I'm not big on like, um, you know, like the like the the big craze, like the the mega block mega blockbuster movies. I'm like, I, I kind of got disenfranchised with all that. It was just kind of too like ever since like Transformers. I was oh, like. Yeah. 
I was like kind of over it. I'm kind of. I like, grew oh. up in the '80s. And I love the Transformers, and those movies just break my heart. Yeah, well, I mean, it's fine. It's you know whatever explosions and stuff. It's great, but like, I'm fine. It's dumber my- than the '80s cartoon, which was made to sell toys. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm more into like I don't know, like like Nacho Libre. Yeah. Right. Or like you know that style of kind of quirky, like Royal yeah. Tenenbaums kind of vibe. Uh, I kind of get, I kind of get with that. And then and I'm a little bit of a gamer in the sense of like, um, if I have time, which I hardly ever have time. Like, you got oh, a kid, dude. Yeah. There's no time for that. No, I, I could maybe play games like from like 10 PM to midnight, maybe, but like, dude, lately it's like my mornings to 6 AM I'm doing media like it, overseas. And then like, it's like tonight I'm with you guys. So it's like, I don't have, I haven't been having time. Um, to get my game on. But yeah, no. <laughs> well, I've got a kid in college and a kid in high school, so I have all the free time in the world to do whatever I want because they don't need me as long as the money keeps rolling in. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> One day, Tyler, that'll be you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, I just kind of do that stuff. So to answer your – but I, I do enjoy – I'll get into a book maybe, maybe once – maybe once every year or two. I'll get into a book that I can't put down um, that I – dude, I just – to right now, I don't have time. I always admire readers, like people that have the, the time and um, discipline to read. I always like it's something inside discipline. me. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I wish, I wish I was like that. Like, just like I wish I woke up at 5 a.m. to like run 10 miles. You know, but it's just not going to happen right now. <laughs> you and me both. Well, my question was, give me a recommendation based on whatever you told me. Smile faces. I'm going to go check that out. Yeah, go check out Smiling Faces. I mean, obviously, like, you want some, like... Have you seen Mr. Pickles before? Uh, I watched one episode. That's some crazy shit. Yeah, yeah, I watched one episode of it, and I think it maybe was a little too... It's a satanic dog, yeah. It's a little... That's right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's good. Uh, Laser Wolf. Yeah, I've seen Laser Wolf, yeah. It's pretty cool. Um... Just yeah, dude. Like, uh, if you want something like like more real and like you can sink your teeth into, like Ozark, obviously. Ozark, real. yeah. We're waiting for the last part of the last season to drop now. Yeah, so that's cool. So yeah, that's what I've been, that's what I've been on, man. Um, weirdly, huge SpongeBob fan because I can watch it with my kid. So good yeah. excuse. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> All right, my last lightning round question. It's one of my favorites. Give us a guilty pleasure song or artist. Oh. Uh, Jesse's Girl. Oh, uh, Rick Springfield. Yeah, Rick. Rick Springfield does it for me. Um, That's a, actually a good solo on that song. That's, a, you know, solid. Yeah. Anything, John, uh, anything like in modern history of John Mayer. Uh, I think John Mayer is incredible. You like this uh, new album, like that '80s kind of infused? Oh, dude, I've been I've been messing with, like, dude, yeah. And it's so funny. It's like it's not anything that I. For you some don't reason, want to play like that, right? No. Like that's not your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, his guitar, his guitar stuff is really cool and expressive, and I think that is really great. That like I can I can um, I can glean from that because he's so expressive with his guitar solos. Uh, but yeah, I just let him get away with it, man. I just let him. I let him do it and I just I maybe I shouldn't but I just do I just let him give me the that 80s vibe and I just I just take just it go and I just it, I love it 
and uh maybe a little guilty there so uh other than that man like it's not really guilty but i've been into like mastodon uh been into like uh charlie crockett he's like a kind of a texas western swing dude i've been into like um any like anything all them witches i'm into um yeah dude like maybe trying to think guilty like something i'm truly well you don't have to be ashamed of it but something we'd be very surprised to hear that you like there is no shame music subjective art is subjective yeah any like 90s rap i'm into i'm trying to dive into more like uh ghetto boys and like (laughs) yeah oh yeah Oh yeah, mind playing tricks on me, and there's a couple. Of, yeah, man. Yeah, come like, on. Because it's like, it's like, it's like, where did the crassness and bravada and uh, <laughs> fu mentality come from in in rap? Right. Where right. where did, who who told everybody dig down deep down in the hole and you go oh NWA told everybody and it's like huh. They did they they did something special, but it's like it's actually deeper. It's further down the rabbit hole of like that. And I think that's cool to like to kind of figure that out. So I've been kind of in that rabbit hole when I'm like I try to run. I haven't been running lately, but that's like that's my time to de-stress and like I think about music and I'll listen to like uh, I'll put on like a like an iPhone recording of a song and I'll listen to like 20 seconds of it and then I'll put on like a rap song or I'll do something then I'll listen like 20 seconds of my demo again. And like, it's a weird little process I have like working through stuff in my head. And um, so that's when I listen to like, I, that's my music discovery is like, you know, running. So, yeah. Well, I, I, when I, I ran tonight and I listened to your album while I was running and it was, it, it, it fired my run. And I, I appreciate that. I do. I lied. I have one last question for you. Do you know Rex, Rex Cunningham? No. Okay. All right. He's a friend of mine. He goes to 8 million concerts. He seems to know everybody and anybody. He's a big fan of your record. I just wanted to know if you also knew him. Cause I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a jerk here. I'm, maybe I do know. Him, he didn't say I, he knew you. I just was curious. Okay. No, sorry. I don't. <laughs> so you're not, you're not hurting anybody's feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> well, sorry, Tyler. Rex. Love <laughs> sorry, Rex. Tyler. <laughs> love the new album see where the night goes it is great it just is embodies all the good things about rock and roll um i love what you guys are doing can't wait to see you on tour with whiskey myers where do we go where should we go to find out more about um goodbye june get your merch know where you're going on tour just all the good stuff uh just uh, go to our labels uh web store fearate.com slash uh, goodbye june is a good place to pick up any physical music. Uh, they also have, I think a t-shirt or two you can purchase. And then um, you can go to our uh, social media, all that stuff. Anything you want to know is pretty easily accessible. A lot of hair metal conversations on it. So if you're into that. Yeah. <laughs> Tons of glam rock, man. It's, not, it's coming, man. LP four. It's coming your way. <laughs> glam rocked up. Um, JCM 900s on it, baby um yeah uh no man just uh google us obviously we appreciate any you know if you want to check us out easy way to do it is youtube um spotify uh apple we're everywhere man just check us out and uh we appreciate it we appreciate and feel every stream and every uh record bought 
uh, we're on an independent label. So, um, you know, we actually might see a little bit of that money, you know, you never know. So it's it kind of helps fund the thing and put gas in the tank and get us to the next show. So, uh, we appreciate the fans. We appreciate this podcast and uh, the community that you guys are curating. So thank you. Thank you, man. And uh, tour starts March 31st. Yeah, March 31st. We're in Huntsville with our friends, Dead Poet Society. It's going to be a nice mix of like crazy hard rock and then us. And uh, then we do some shows with Bad Flower, uh, our buddies, Bad Flower, who are just, you know, probably one of the coolest active rock bands there are out there right now. And then we start uh, later in April. Uh, the 29th, uh, it looks like, with Whiskey Myers, right? Whiskey Myers. And then we go through that, and then we are hoping to make it to Europe. We'll see how um, all the political stuff does with that. But we think definitely England will be fine. And then, um, yeah, headline, hopefully headlining more in the fall and, and just beyond. And we'll just keep rolling. You'll be able to see us. For sure. Well, I'll see you in Columbus. Looking forward to it. Brian? Well, thank you so much uh, to you, Tyler Baker from Goodbye June. Uh, the record is See Where the Night Goes. Uh, the single is Three Chords. And thank you so much for being on. Anything we can do to help you guys and promote, uh, we're going to be all over that and listen to you and support you. And thank you so much for being on. Dude, appreciate you guys. And uh, thank you. Love y'all. Thanks for Tyler Baker for joining us on the podcast. Uh, I really dug hearing about uh, opening up for ZZ Top and whiskey myers I, I was unaware that they had done that before and so uh that was that was great to hear about that it was and and again to be honest i knew nothing about this band until like a week ago when their album came their album came out at the end of february and i saw people i knew and people i followed start posting stuff about this album our buddy rex cunningham who's in the state of Amor, our, our group said it was the album of the year and i've heard a bunch of other stuff so i started checking them out and i was flipping blown away with their new record which definitely has that arena rock like we talked about sound and then the previous record commuting in which is definitely a little bit more in the in the um southern rock genre i'm like these guys are great it, it was so funny brian i posted on twitter um just praising the record and next thing i know tyler's like hitting me up he's like hey man i'd love to come on the podcast i'm like well here we go. Let's do it. We had an opening fall off. It worked out. However, we get people on. That's that's cool. It's uh, you know means a lot to me that we get you know uh, noticed or discovered or whatever. However, they hear about us. Um, I I had heard of them before. I had listened to it a little bit, but this this the new stuff, the new record, like really is resonating with me more. I had no idea that they've been around for that long. I didn't either. Ten years. Um, I didn't know, like I just said, I didn't know they'd open up with Easy Top. And um, well, they got hurt with that. He talked about with that Community In record coming out in 2019, and then COVID hit. And like that, we we heard that from a lot of bands, right? They put a record out, COVID hit, and just killed momentum. Or they end up putting out a record during the downtime. Too, we would not well. have gotten the See Where the Night Goes record, which is tremendous. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he just, I, I like how he emphasized about Nashville too. Yes, there's camaraderie, but you really, you know, you got to have to be the cream of the crop. And it's, it's very, it's awesome to see, you know, this younger kind of musicians, bands, artists, you know, Tyler Bryant and, and Larkin Poe and Jax and Leilani and, and uh, Goodbye June. You know, they're all kind of landing in this genre of music, you know, that's kind of, to me, that's, you know, 
yeah. as a nationalist to me. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. And uh, just, hey, love meeting Tyler. He's cool. The band is great. And it was just, it was one of those weird things, Brian, where the timing just worked out and we got lucky. We did. We did. And we're very fortunate. We're grateful for that. So always remember, Southern Rock is reverent. Blues is blood. We'll see you next time. Before his death.